The following story is printed by Satmar from Talmud Torah, Torah from Kiryas Yoel. It's called Zekeinecha V'yoymerlach, Gilyan Shin Samachdalad, Parshas Yisrael, Tavshin Ayin Hei. And it's a story that was told by Reb Shleim Gavriel Fleischman. The name of the story is The Yeshiva for Two Bachrim. After World War II, I learned in Seder Hali Yeshiva that was run by Ramesha Naishlos, and I was over there learning with 40 Bachrim with tremendous Hasmada. From all of the boys in the Yeshiva, there were two boys that were not interested in learning, and they were bothering, staring the other boys from learning. And it was so bad that the Rosh Hashiva, Ramesha Naishlos, felt that their place is not in the yeshiva, and he wanted to throw them out. But he didn't want to take this on his shoulders, and therefore he decided to go to Kvayit Kedishas Rabbeinu Misatmer, the Divra Yoyal's Chisugunalaini. Shoyal Eitzah to ask him, what should I do about this problem? The Divra Yoyal listened to everything about his question, and he asked him questions, and he asked him, what's the situation with the other 38 Bachrim? Are they really learning? Are they really good? And the Rosh Hashiva said, yes. I'm telling you, they're learning with Hasmada. They're great. They're fantastic. And these two guys are bothering them. They're bringing down the whole yeshiva. The Rebbe said, they're doing well. In that case, what I'm going to tell you to do, send out the 38 Bachrim and leave these two to be the only boys in the yeshiva. The Rosh Hashiva, the Sedahala Rev, Rav, stood there frozen, he couldn't believe that he heard correctly. But the Rebbe explained to him, he said, these 38 Bachram are learning so good that even if you close the yeshiva for them, you throw them out, they're going to end up somewhere good and they'll be fine. But these two Bachram, they are in danger. If you're going to throw them out, they're going to end up on the street and they're never going to end up growing up to be the right way. And therefore, you should keep the yeshiva only for these two boys. In the same way, I heard a story that somebody went to the Divrei Yoel. He wanted to throw his child out of yeshiva a long time ago. He wanted to throw his son out of the house. This is many, many years ago, decades ago. And he said that he's worried that this boy is going to bring down the other kids. And the Rebbe said, the other kids, if they're good, so send them out. Someone else will take them in. They'll be fine. But this kid is sick. He's in danger. You keep him home. And so too, the Heintike Satmar Rebbe Reb Aaron, last year, his Hasidim came to me, and before they came to me, they told the Rebbe they want to throw out their daughter. She's bringing down the whole house. She's not from, she's not Sneistic. They have about eight other kids. And the Rebbe told them the same thing as his grandfather, the Divriyoyal, that if the other kids, don't worry about them, they're not in danger. You could send them away. With this kid, you keep home. Now, of course, when the Rebbe gives that advice, he knows that you're not going to send away the other kids. The point is, understand that this is not an option, and you'll find other options. Myself, I had a story with my, my daughter. She wants to be a teacher, and she came back from seminary, and she got a part-time job. That's how you start. She got a job in a school, and one Friday night, she's told, telling me about her week, and she says, Tati, I have a big problem. There's a kid in my class that I'm teaching that's out of her mind. As soon as I walk in, she jumps up, Mora, Mora, could we not learn today? Could we waste time? Could we play games? 
and she stares, bothers, interrupts the whole class. She tells me, I went to the principal and I told her, what, what am I supposed to do with this girl? And the principal said, yeah, we never should have let her come into the school. We're sending her out at the end of the year. Just tell her if she disrupts, just tell her, go out into the hallway and I'll take care of her. So my daughter, I give her a lot of credit, she knew that that's not right. So she says, Tati, what do I do? I said, if you don't know how to, how to make her behave and you have to do what they're telling you to do, if that's where you're up to, then before you do that, you pack up your protractor and your essays and your pencil sharpener and you quit. She looks at me, what? I mean, her whole dream is to be a teacher. I said, yeah. Before hurting another Jew, you quit. Just because you want to be a teacher doesn't give you a right to be the one to hurt this kid. Your neshama cannot hurt another neshama. And it doesn't matter if you're saying, well, I have to do it because I decided to be a teacher. That's it. Become a shaykhit. You can kill as many chickens and insult them and throw them away. No problem. But if you're dealing with neshamas, it does not include hurting a neshama under any circumstance. In a kuntras, it says from the Chazanish, they asked him, what is the goal of life? And he said, the main thing of life is to finish your years on earth without hurting anybody. There is no excuse to hurt somebody. But I have to. I'm a principal of a school. How am I supposed to? So don't be a principal of a school. So don't be a Rebbe if you can't handle it. It takes a lot of skill. You have to be Superman these days to run a classroom. If you can't do it, if you're not gifted, then quit and leave the job for someone else. Maybe somebody else can do a better job. Or even if not, don't have blood on your hands. My point of telling this to my daughter was, you don't have that option. Your job is on the line. You'll find a way. She asked me, so what do I do? And I, get, I told her, win over this girl. Make her your assistant. Make her feel special. This is a seventh grade, a little girl, 13 years old. She's not bad. Something's bothering her. Win her over. Spend your energy on her. Don't spend your energy on the class and get frustrated with her because she can't swim like everybody else. Focus on her. Take a little bit of a break from the class. Don't worry. Everyone will be fine. Get her to be on your side. What happened? The next time my daughter taught, she went into the classroom, and this girl was, Mora, Mora. She calls her over. She says, oh, you have such nice bangs. I never noticed your hair like that. The girl blushed. She says, can you do me a favor? Can you bring me some water? Sure. She came in a few minutes later. She had water for the Mora. She says, thank you so much. That day, the girl behaved. The next time she walked in, the girl was like, ah, blah, 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 blah. she said, oh, remember last time you got me water? Can you bring me water again? Sure, special. Yeah, you're going to take care of my water. And she came in and she gave her water again. And she complimented her again. Wow, you have such pretty eyes. And she didn't do much more than that. She let her take care of her water, feel special. She complimented her. The girl started behaving. One week later, the principal was walking through the hallways, looks in the window of my daughter teaching this class and sees the whole class learning and sees this crazy, difficult girl, part of the class learning with interest. She was so shocked, she disrupted the class. She knocked on the door, opened the door, and said, please come out. My daughter comes out. She asked my daughter, what did you do? How did you do this? You see, as long as they thought that it's an option to get rid of the kid, they thought that they, they really tried everything, but they didn't do enough. When a teacher or a parent knows there is no option, we're not losing this kid. When your back is up against the wall, you will focus on the needs of the kid, and it's not that hard many times to win them back. Sure, a Rebbe is frustrated, underpaid, 
too much work to do. We understand that. It's a tough job. But he has to know it does not include embarrassing a child or hurting a child. Because there is a din v'cheshben. This is a chelik l'kami mal. He is a neshama. And when you go to the Eilam Ha'emes, they're going to say, you hurt this neshama. And you're going to say, but this neshama was 30 years younger than me. We don't care. But this neshama was in my class. I was teaching. He was disrupting the class. But you didn't have to do it that way. You could have done it differently. There is no free ride just because you have a job to do. You can quit. You could say, I, I, I can't get this job done without hurting a neshama and find another job. Sure. But if your job includes hurting a neshama, hurting people, it's not part of the job. Somebody just told me tonight in group that their child got a phone call from a Rebbe from a long time ago. And the Rebbe unfortunately lost a few children and had a tremendous amount of tzaras and he made a din v'cheshven and he realized that in all his years of teaching, he hurt a lot of people. And he was calling each one begging mechila. Begging, begging mechila. There is no excuse to hurt in the Shama. Parents have children. It's very, very hard when you have children who are difficult. You feel like that there's an option. I'll get frustrated. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to do crazy things. I'm not going to spend so much money. I have too much on my plate. I'll throw him out. But when the Rebbe tells you, you're not throwing the kid out. If anything, you, you send away the other kids to deal with this kid. This is always going to be your number one priority. You need to send away the other ones to focus. Do that. But don't lose this kid. When you realize that, your back is against the wall. You realize, wow, okay, I guess I really got to work hard. You do whatever you can for this child. And usually in a short time, sometimes short means years, sometimes short means weeks, but we get him back. Things calm down and you realize that you really could have lost this kid, but you knew it's not an option. And you found another option. Let's see after the Shemaiah.